Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. It's Wednesday, November 15th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The Vatican announced last week it would be permissible for transgender people to be baptized or be godparents. That move is cold comfort to trans people trying to find a faith that accepts them. To hear people just praise this sort of thing as progressive, it, it, it is like a slap in the face. We will have that story in just a few minutes. A St. Louis alderwoman wants her colleagues to stiffen penalties for people who alter firearm serial numbers. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum has more from Daniela Velasquez's appearance on Politically Speaking. Velasquez's bill would fine people if they deface a gun primarily by sawing off a serial number. If someone is found to violate the measure, Velasquez says they would be subject to fines, not incarceration. There are already federal laws against defacing weapons that carry substantial penalties, including prison time. But Velasquez says it's important for city policymakers to act when it comes to guns. It's part of this larger message that we want to send both to the people and to the state government that we need to address gun violence in a serious way. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey has said he would sue the city of St. Louis if it tries to enact its own gun laws. I'm Jason Rosenbaum. St. Louis Public Radio. That episode of Politically Speaking is at stlpr.org. The Illinois Supreme Court will hear arguments today from three staffing agencies who say their industry is exempt from state antitrust laws. Illinois Attorney General Kwame Raoul sued the three companies in 2010, claiming the firms conspired to hold down wages. The companies already lost twice in lower court, but contend those decisions are a new interpretation of Illinois' decades-old antitrust law. Raoul's lawsuit accused the companies of working together through a mutual client using agreements that allowed them to pay workers less than market rate. A decision is expected next year. Senate Judiciary Committee Chair Dick Durbin says the Supreme Court's newly announced ethics code falls short of what the standard should be. The Illinois Democrat says he's troubled by the court's statement that, for the most part, the code contains established practices. That's a problem, because the court's previous practices were plainly inadequate. The court's new code of conduct does not appear to contain any meaningful enforcement mechanism to hold justices accountable for any violations of the code. Durbin says the code is a step in the right direction after a months-long battle over justices failing to report big gifts and trips. Missouri is penalized hundreds of millions of dollars a year for failure to comply with the Fair Housing Act. The Columbia Missourian reports the state is losing $500,000 annually for not meeting federal standards. The state legislature changed the discrimination definition of the Missouri Human Rights Act, leading to a conflict with federal law. Missouri regulations now call for discriminatory intent, which is more difficult to prove than the federal standard of discriminatory impact. Another attempt to bring the state back in line with federal law is expected in next year's legislative session. The Human Rights Campaign has awarded St. Louis a perfect score for its support of the queer community. St. Louis Public Radio's Brian Munoz reports. 
The Human Rights Campaign Municipal Equality Index is part of a nationwide effort to create roadmaps to make cities, towns, and villages more equitable. The nonprofit commended the city on supporting the LGBTQ community through its laws, leadership, law enforcement, and other services. Kelly Robinson is a president of the Human Rights Campaign Foundation. St. Louis is what we call an all-star city because it is a beacon of hope and progress in a state that too often turns its back on its citizens. The HRC report comes roughly a month after the city's LGBTQIA advisory board released its recommendations to the city in order to better serve and support its queer residents. St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones says the city is working with the advisory group to prioritize and implement its recommendations. I'm Brian Munoz, St. Louis Public Radio. A group of property owners is suing to stop services for unhoused residents at Rolla's only shelter. The Phelps County Focus reports the owners claim the Rolla Mission's overnight operations lessen real estate values, prevent the use and enjoyment of properties, and create a nuisance downtown. The lawsuit also questions whether the shelter violates zoning regulations. The owners are seeking a restraining order or temporary injunction against the mission. The city of Rolla is also a defendant. The lawsuit is the latest development in a months-long effort by some residents and city council members to force the mission out of downtown Rolla or get it to close. A long-standing struggle for many in the trans community is the conflict they feel between their identities as queer people and their faith within Christian denominations, including the Catholic Church. As Owen Henderson reports, that's left a trans man in Illinois without a church he can truly call home. Harrison Price remembers when he first started feeling unwelcome in the Catholic Church. In the bulletin, there was a big note that had an image, like, you know, bathroom sign type image of a man and a woman holding hands. It was 2015 when the Supreme Court was considering a case about marriage equality. Uh, Same-sex marriage is not God's way. Like, one man, one woman is right. That was the first time when I was like, I felt that dread. Though Price hadn't fully come to understand his gender identity, he knew he wasn't straight. Seeing that sort of hateful message really reinforced the idea that, like, not only are there people in general who are not safe here, but I'm not safe here. And that started Price's journey away from his Catholic upbringing in Missouri. For a time, he rejected religion. But after moving to Champaign-Urbana in 2021, he tried a different branch of Christianity. They've just said, I didn't think that this was possible. That's Reverend Leah Roberts-Moser of Community United Church of Christ in Champaign. I didn't think it was possible for me to be who I am, who God created me to be, who I have always known myself to be, um, and for me to be part of a community of faith. Since 1996, CUCC has publicly advocated for LGBTQ plus acceptance. Roberts Moser also conducts blessings for people choosing new names to align with their gender identities. It's so powerful to get to preside at that kind of ritual, to be able to invoke the same sort of words that are in the baptism liturgy, to be able to ask, by what name shall we call you? Though Price is an active member of CUCC, he feels conflicted because he thinks of himself as a Catholic. But I think the social messages and the general attitudes of a lot of Catholic communities are very harmful to me and to a lot of people who I care about. But one church is attempting to change things without waiting for the Vatican. Reverend Eileen Matthew leads the beloved, inclusive Catholic community in Urbana. 
I mean, it feels like a bit of a trap because the church will say, we love you just the way you are. And once we get you here, we hope you'll change. Formed in 2021, Beloved advertises itself as being open to all, which includes having an open communion table, a trait not shared by traditional parishes. These factors, combined with Matthew being a woman priest, mean the church is not part of the local archdiocese. We consider ourselves to exist sort of on the margins of the inside of the church. And while they welcome the trans community, the National Conference of Bishops in the U.S. does not accept the idea of gender transitions. We don't forgo our identity as Roman Catholics, but we do believe that we are called to stand against injustice within the church. But last week, the Vatican announced that it would be permissible for transgender people to be baptized or be godparents, as long as doing so didn't cause scandal or confusion. Matthew says that while the statement leaves a lot to be desired and raises unresolved questions, it is still a step forward. But Price doesn't see it that way. Unless someone is converting to Catholicism as an adult, he says most trans Catholics have already been baptized as babies and that the proclamation doesn't make any real changes. To hear people just praise this sort of thing as progressive, it, it, it is like a slap in the face. The Catholic Church is also in the midst of conducting a multi-year synod, where they consider topics facing the entire denomination, like whether LGBTQ plus Catholics will be welcomed. Though the process will continue until next year, the most recent report, released at the end of October, only vaguely mentions identity and sexuality among a list of other unresolved issues. The Archdiocese of Peoria, which includes Champaign-Urbana, did not respond to requests for comment. I'm Owen Henderson. Owen is a reporter with Illinois Public Media. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.